Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. several weeks we've been looking at the Sermon on the Mount and so I want to ask you to turn in your Bibles today to the book of Matthew chapter 7 as we continue Matthew chapter 7 and we will look at Matthew chapter 7 through 14 this morning Matthew chapter 7 beginning at verse 7 through 14. And Jesus teaching the people said, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. For what man is there among you if his son asks for bread? Will give him a stone. For if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. There are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Let's pray, please. Lord, as we study your holy word today, we pray that you be our teacher. By God the Holy Spirit, Illuminate our understanding. Touch our hearts. Give us, Lord, the courage to be honest with you and with ourselves. Help us, O Lord, to hear your word and to allow your word to make a difference in our hearts and in our lives to transform us into effective 
usable, willing, obedient servants. We thank you, Lord, for your great love. Speak to us now, we ask. In thy holy name, Lord Jesus. Amen. And so here's a question for you. When you pray, do you expect God to answer your prayer? When you pray, do you expect God to answer your prayers? Do you expect that God will grant to you what you have asked? Jesus here teaches us, and just a little grammatical note, because it's very important. In the Greek, these words are all in the present tense, and they convey the idea of Keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. You follow? Persistence in prayer. But the question is, do you expect God to actually answer your prayers? Jesus says that you will have what you ask for. So here are a few do's and don'ts. Now, your, your uh, slide up there looks a lot different than mine. I don't know if you can see that. <laughs> because there's so much information. <laughs> I'm going to try to follow my arrows. And <laughs> because in this little passage right here, there is a tremendous amount of information. And it is so encouraging. So encouraging. First of all, some do's and don'ts. Let's start with the don'ts first. And I'm speaking with respect to things that you don't have to ask for. There are some things that you don't have to ask for and that you already have. As a matter of fact, the entire human race already has some of these things. Number one, you don't have to ask for God's love. You already have. Brother Raymond mentioned John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We don't have to ask for God's love. He already loves us. And his love is an infinite love. A love that cannot be fully described through human language, no matter what language you speak. God's love. Infinite love. Something else. We don't have to ask for God to be good. God is infinitely good. Infinitely good. And we don't have to ask for him to be kind. God is kind. He is infinitely kind. Oh, and so many people have so many different thoughts and ideas regarding God. And they angrily shake their fist, you know, toward heaven, toward God. But the Bible teaches that our God is a loving God good 
and kind God. I like the way that David describes God all through the book of Psalms. His loving kindnesses. He puts those, those two words together. His loving kindnesses have been from of old. Our God's nature is to love. He is good and he is kind. Now this word in Greek, to ask, to ask, and we've already said that it's, it's in the present tense, meaning continue asking, can actually be used of a beggar. It can be translated to beg, to crave, to desire, but also something that we require, or in other words, something that we need. Oh, as humans, we have a tendency to get our needs and our wants mixed up. If you ask most people, each person will tell you they deserve to be a millionaire like all the other millionaires. <laughs> they deserve to, to ride around in a fancy car like everyone else rides around in a fancy car. Or to have the nicest house. And, you know, the list just goes on and on and on, right? Well, in America, anyway. And if you think you have it bad, just take a moment to turn on the TV and see what's happening in Ukraine. Or maybe Syria. You notice how that Syria just kind of fallen into the, to the background? Because that's been going on in Syria for a long time. And many other parts of the world. War isn't anything new to the human race. And in, in my heart, and I, you know, I, I wonder, why is it that one country feels the necessity to invade another country? To, to spend all of this, this money on armaments and weapons and to bring such misery and pain and destruction because at the heart of every human being, sin. We are all sinners. And we have a tendency to be selfish and self-centered and think that we deserve what someone else has. Our God is good. Now, over in John 14, 14, the Lord says to ask in his name. And what does it mean to ask in the Lord's name? Well, it means to ask in such a way that what you ask for is consistent with his nature and with his will. Now, you'll recall earlier in the sermon here, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus taught the disciples and those others in the multitude who were listening what we refer to as the Lord's Prayer. <coughs> and in that prayer, there is that phrase, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, the angels don't argue about whether or not they're going to, to do what God instructs them to do. I seriously doubt they fuss with one another about what God has assigned for them to do. Like we like to fuss. Isn't that right? We like to fuss and, and bellyache and groan and moan and everything else and complain 
But to ask and to keep on asking means to ask and to desire that which is consistent with God's nature and his will. Now listen, it is God's will for people to be saved. It is God's will for people to know him as Lord and Savior. So if you have someone in your family who is not saved, who doesn't know the Lord, pray for them. Pray for them believing and trusting that God will answer that prayer in the affirmative. But it doesn't end there. Notice he, he makes three statements. He presents three action words, three verbs. So you ask, but then you must also seek. You must also seek. That is, you need to put some feet to your prayers. You have a responsibility <coughs> to act upon what you are asking for. person says, I need a job. I need a job. I need a job. But they won't get out of bed. We mentioned on Wednesday night, we were talking about various gifts of, of the Holy Spirit. And I said, you know, when you get up in the morning and, you know, your hair is all messed up. And I think I mentioned something about, well, I wouldn't mind having a little more hair. <laughs> I, I've noticed it's, it's getting thinner. <laughs> but guess what? I can have a great brush and the whole bit. God isn't going to comb my hair for me. Understand? I have to comb my hair. I have to put my clothes on. And we have to put feet to our prayers to seek. And again, to seek is to, to wish for, to desire. Now, over in Proverbs 8, 17, the scripture teaches that we're to seek out wisdom. And over in the first chapter in the, in the book of James, he says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him, what does he say? Ask of God, who will give you wisdom. And he does it liberally, or in other words, with abundance. But don't ask doubting. <coughs> For let not the man who doubts or the woman who doubts think that they'll receive anything from the Lord. So we go back to that first question. Do you expect God to answer your prayers in the affirmative when you ask? We're supposed to believe and we're supposed to trust in him. But when we ask, we have to ask according to his will. Amen. Because God gives us what he deems best. <coughs> Very important. So third, knock. We are authorized to approach God's throne of grace. Over in the book of Hebrews, it says that we can come boldly, confidently, not arrogantly, not arrogantly, but respectfully, humbly, gratefully, come before our Heavenly Father, to make our wishes known. To knock. Knocking on the door of heaven, as it were. 
Now notice what Jesus says, because he, he repeats it. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. And then he, he emphasizes, for everyone who asks receives. Now notice that. He doesn't say just Tom or Sue or, or Betty or Bill. You notice that? He says everyone. Like the whosoever. You follow? For God so loved that whosoever. Well, we're one of those whosoever's. Amen? We're, we're one of those. We're, in, we're included in this everyone. Everyone, he says. For everyone who asks. Now notice. Well, maybe they'll get it. Maybe it will be great. No, he doesn't say that. He says, for everyone who asks, receive. <coughs> receive. And then he goes on. And he who seeks, finds. Notice that? Finds. Jeremiah. Over in Jeremiah 29, 13. The Lord says to Israel, to the Israelites. And he tells them this before they go off. To Babylon because we've mentioned many times where Israel was judged why because of their disobedience and their their following the idols rejecting God refusing to live by the commandments they were carried off by the Babylonians and they they served there for 70 years but even before that God says if you will seek me that is seek God with all your heart, you will surely find me. We are to seek God earnestly. Earnestly. And we will find him. And when we do, we find that he is a loving, kind, and good God. And he says, and to him who knocks, it will be open. Open. Now, why do you knock on a door? Usually, you're, you've gone to visit someone, right? You, you knock on the door, or you ring the doorbell. You expect the door to be opened, or at least for somebody to say something on the other side. And we hope that it's not, go away, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, but come on in. We're so glad you came to see us. Jesus says we are authorized to knock on the door of heaven. We have the wonderful privilege of knocking on our Heavenly Father's door. Amen? Because we're really knocking upon His heart. Upon His heart. Well, let's move on to the second point here. God is the giver of everything that is good. God is the giver of everything that is good. And he, he makes a comparison, a, a contrast and a comparison. And he discusses an earthly father. And he says, now, what father among you, what dad, you know, if his son asks for some bread, maybe a little, small little uh, 
piece of bread, would give him a stone or an egg and, or a serpent. What's he saying? He's saying, parents naturally, naturally have a desire to meet their children's needs. Now, of course, we live in an age when you have those who, oh, they want to play, so to speak, but they don't want the responsibility of being a parent. And so they end a human life before it's completely delivered. But Jesus is talking about those with natural affection, the affection that you have for your own child. And I was talking with someone yesterday, and she said, well, you know, <laughs> I have even a, a, a special, a different kind of love for my grandchildren than I have for my own children. <laughs> yeah, those, those little kids are so sweet. What is Jesus saying here? He says, and yet you, now he, he separates himself, actually, because he speaks in the second person or, or refers to them, you being evil. Why? Because he's not evil. As God the Son, he is without sin. He's perfect. But you, us, being evil, we are the sinners. He's making a very powerful point. Yet, even in your sinful state, you are able to give good gifts to your children. And you know the difference between what is right and what is wrong. Although, many in our country and in the media today and in government do not know the difference between right and wrong, or they do and don't care. Don't be one of those. You should never be one of those. Don't be in that camp. Make no mistake about it. You will suffer loss. Each one of us will come before the judgment seat of Christ. And we will give an account for what we have been given and what we have done with what we've been given. Jesus makes this comparison. He said, now you being evil and can give good gifts, well, how much more the loving Heavenly Father can give good gifts. Over in James, he says, every good gift comes down from the Father of lights. Amen. Everything that is good about life has been given to us by God. Every talent, every ability that you possess has been given to you, to us, by God. Everything that we possess belongs to Him, and He has given it to us because He loves us. Because He loves us and cares for us and provides for us. He Himself is the greatest gift. You notice that? He enters into a relationship with us through God the Holy Spirit. When a person comes to know Christ as their Savior, God the Holy Spirit comes to live and dwell within us. He lives in us. God is with us. 
And if you are a Christian, that is something else that you don't have to ask for. God is with you. I hear Christians all the time, oh, God, be with us as we go here and go there. He's already answered that prayer. He has already answered that. Didn't Jesus say, and lo, I am with you even unto the end of the age, yes? If you are a Christian, if you know Christ as your Savior, God is with you. There is nowhere that you can go that God isn't already present, and he is in you. He lives in you. He lives in us. That is an amazing fact of Scripture. God enters into relationship with us, and because he cares for us, God doesn't give us what we think or believe we need. Rather, he gives us what he knows we need, and he gives it to us when we need it. Let me read that again, all right? God doesn't give us what we think or believe we need. Rather, he gives us what he knows we need and when we need it. You see, because if it was the other way around, we would be ruined at our own request. Put it to you like this. I was, a, I was a, a, a Cub Scout, you know, when I was a little boy. And my mother was a den mother and all of it. Well, one of the things in scouting, you learn how to use a knife, you know, a pocket knife and all that. Oh, today, you know, that's uh, just a horrible thing. But do you suppose if I asked her to give me one of her fancy chef knives to carry around with me, that she would have granted that request? No, and why not? <coughs> Dangerous, but because she loved me. She didn't want me to hurt myself or cut myself or cut somebody else, right? And we oftentimes ask for things without realizing what it is that we are asking for. But God is able to see things from a different perspective, and he does. For God says that his ways are not our ways. And we don't see as God sees, and we certainly don't know all that God knows. And the Bible even goes on to say that, that sometimes we are so emotional, emotional distraught or so frustrated, or so confused, that we don't even know what to pray for, but God himself is able to pray through the Holy Spirit, uttering things that cannot be even spoken on our behalf. God knows what we need and when we need it. Another gift, God's given us life. God has given us life. He created us and he provides everything we need. Over in the book of Psalms, it says, we are the sheep of his pasture, right? To enter into his, into his courts with praise, to praise him. We've not made ourselves know he created us. And we're to recognize that. And he forgives us and he heals us. Different kinds of healing 
physical healing, spiritual healing, emotional healing, mental healing, relational healing. There are so many people who have so many broken relationships. And you see what, what we have going on in the world, all this violence, it really comes down to one person hating another person or wanting what that person wants. Greed, greed, greed. There's a reason why the scripture says the root of all evil. What is it? The love of, not money. Money isn't evil. And people get that mixed up. No, the Bible does not say that money is evil. No. The love, right? The love of money. And it uses money in the sense of all worldly riches or temporal riches. Now, there are some very wealthy people in the Bible. Being wealthy is not a sin. Job, he was the richest man in the Middle East at the time. Wealthy man. And God loved him, but he allowed him to suffer, did he not? And he glorified God through that suffering. Oh, but the love, where is your heart? Where is your treasure? God is able to heal your finances. Do you believe that? But it may mean that you have to stop going over to that casino over there and throwing your money away. Person says, what do you mean I don't have money for food? Well, the Bible puts it this way. Why do you spend your money on that which is not bread? Stop for a moment and let that sink in. Why do you spend your money on that which is not bread? But you're begging God for more money. You follow? The Lord just might say, because you've already thrown away what I've given to you. You see, because no is also an answer, isn't it? See, we like everything to be yes. <laughs> And to be sure, the Bible does say that all the promises of God in Christ are yes. Amen? But that doesn't mean that you're going to have the biggest house on the hilltop. Well, moving on. God has made us his royal children. We are the king's kids. Stop for a moment and think that one through. We are to be different. We're to be different than the unbeliever. Because we are different. We're believers, not unbelievers. We know better, they don't. But as God's children, his royal children, we are supposed to be making a positive difference, not looking down upon people. No, but rather pointing the way to the Savior, the one who loves them. Well, this is another one of those passages that might be small, but will take more than one week to fully explore. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. 
and we'll come back and finish up where we left off here today next week. But maybe you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus as Savior. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. And the invitation is the invitation to you to walk down that aisle to give your heart and your life to Jesus. You see, if you ask him to be your Savior and Lord, he will save you. He will answer your prayer. Maybe you're hurting. Maybe as a Christian, you've not been walking with the Lord. He will forgive you. Ask Him. Simple act of faith in prayer. As we sing, you come. Let's stand, please. Maybe you've accepted Jesus, but you've never been baptized. Come and follow the Lord in believer's baptism. Or maybe you've been attending here, but you've never officially joined. You come, too, to officially join this congregation. Let's sing. We pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word. And we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.